Friends, pray with me this morning. Lord, by the power of your Holy Spirit, give us the words of life that we might understand your way and follow your truth. In Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. So, for the last nine months, we have heard daily reports on the COVID-19 contagion. This morning, however, don't worry, I want to talk about a different contagion, happiness and good news. See, they say that misery loves company. Well, it turns out happiness loves company too. A few months into quarantine, the office actor, John Krasinski, launched a YouTube series called Some Good News to focus on positive and uplifting stories. You can imagine it didn't take long for the series to garner over 72 million views and 2.5 million subscribers to the YouTube channel. Celebrities and companies were jumping on board to help John Krasinski spread good news. Krasinski aired stories like this young Hamilton fan receiving free tickets to see Hamilton when it returns, as well as getting her own personal performance from the cost of Hamilton. And AT&T covered the cost of three months worth of nurses and doctors' phone bills. Similar to John Krasinski's Some Good News, comedian George Resch runs this Instagram account and website called Tanks Good News that boasts over 2.1 million followers by sharing content that is solely dedicated to sharing good news. There is something that is contagious about happiness and good news. There's even science to back up the contagion of happiness. Several years ago, NPR reported on a study performed by Harvard University and the University of California, San Diego. This study revealed how happiness spreads through social networks, finding that when a person becomes happy, get this, a friend living close by has a 25% higher chance of becoming happy themselves. A spouse has an 8% increased chance and a neighbor has a 34 increased chance of becoming happy. It is so contagious that happiness can actually spread beyond those that we come in contact with. The study showed that when one person becomes happy, their happiness can spread up to three degrees, reaching friends of friends. When we find joy, when we have good news, we cannot help but share it. In today's story from the Gospel of John chapter 4, we see the contagion of happiness and good news at work in the life of a Samaritan woman. She receives good news and she cannot hold back from sharing it. Our story begins with Jesus on his journey from Judea back to Galilee, and we are told that Jesus had to go through Samaria. Tired from the journey, Jesus stopped at a well around noon. John 4 verse 7 says, A Samaritan woman came to draw water. Now already, our story gets interesting. It may not mean a lot to us to hear about a Samaritan woman drawing water by herself in the middle of the day, but John is already telling us something important about this woman. You see, she's likely a social outcast. In the first century, Middle Eastern village women would typically avoid the heat of the day by either collecting water from wells in the early morning 
or in the early evening. Moreover, women would go to the wells in groups for propriety's sake, never alone. And yet, here we read that the Samaritan woman came to draw water in the middle of the day at noon alone. As a woman who we will later read has had five husbands and is currently living with a man who is not her husband, it's likely that she was a social outcast. And it is then her social isolation that led her to go to the well in the hottest part of the day by herself to avoid other townspeople. And it's here that she meets Jesus. And this is where the story gets more interesting. Jesus said to her, give me a drink. His disciples had gone to the city to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, how is it that you, a Jew, ask a drink of me, a woman of Samaria? Jews do not share things in common with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that is saying to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. The Samaritan woman is shocked. Jesus should not be talking to her, let alone asking her for a drink for multiple reasons. First of all, she is a Samaritan. To say that Jews and Samaritans do not get along would be a drastic understatement. Up until this point, the hostility between them goes back 500 years. As John himself notes in the passage, Jews did not share things in common with Samaritans. Many Jews would not eat with a Samaritan or often even touch food that had been handled by a Samaritan for fear of being ritually defiled. Nor were they supposed to share the same vessels, such as the water pot that Jesus was asking for a drink from. But if being a Samaritan isn't bad enough, she's also a woman. First century men in the Middle East were not supposed to talk to women, particularly in an uninhabited place with no witnesses. Kenneth Bailey, who was an author and lecturer of Middle Eastern New Testament studies, remarks that even in the 20th century when he lived in the Middle East, during the 40 years he spent there, not once did he cross the social boundary line that Jesus did. Bailey says, in village society, a strange man does not even make eye contact with a woman in a public place. Now, as if her being a woman wasn't bad enough, she was also the dangerous combo of a Samaritan woman. You see, there was a popular Jewish sentiment at the time that Samaritan woman, women were perpetually menstruant. So that means they were in this constant state of uncleanness. The fact that not only was she a Samaritan, but that she was a Samaritan woman made the social and religious barriers between her and Jesus, a male Jew, uncrossable. And yet, Jesus crossed them. He sees this woman, this Samaritan woman, and he asks her for a drink. But Jesus doesn't stop there. He rarely does. Jesus offers her more than his eye contact and more than his conversation. He offers her living water the good news of the kingdom of God. Jesus said to her, 
everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again. But those who drink of the water that I will give them will never be thirsty. The water that I will give will become in them a spring of water gushing up to eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I may never be thirsty or have to keep coming here to draw water. Jesus said to her, Go, call your husband and come back. The woman answered, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, You are right in saying, I have no husband, for you have had five husbands, and the one you have now is not your husband. What you have said is true. The woman said to him, Sir, I see that you are a prophet. Our ancestors worshipped on this mountain, but you say that the place where people must worship is in Jerusalem. Friends, Jesus wasn't even supposed to make eye contact with this woman. And yet he not only makes eye contact with her, he truly sees her. He sees her for who she is and everything that she has done. And by seeing her, she is able to see who he is, the Messiah. The woman said to him, I know that the Messiah is coming who is called Christ. When he comes, he will proclaim all things to us. Jesus said to her, I am he, the one who is speaking to you. Just then his disciples came. They were astonished that he was speaking to a woman. But no one said, what do you want? Or why are you speaking with her? Then the woman left her water jar and went back to the city. She said to the people, come and see a man who told me everything I have ever done. He cannot be the Messiah, can he? They left the city and were on their way to him. Come and see a man who told me everything I have ever done. We cannot help but share what we most enjoy. Recently, during our Knox coffee hour that happens after our service, Toby McGill shared with us some great news. The famous Randy's Donuts is now open in Pasadena. It didn't take long for many of us, myself included, to make our own trip to Randy's Donuts and start sharing the good news with all of our family and friends. Each week, it seems someone else in the coffee hour has a report about having gone to the donut shop as well. When we have good news, even when, or especially when, a new donut shop opens up, we cannot help but share it and invite others to share it too. And apparently the Knox Coffee Hour after church is the place to find out about it. When we have read a book that has transformed us, watched a TV show that made us laugh hysterically or a film that moved us. We cannot help but have others share in our joy and in our experience. We want everyone to know what we know. When we fall in love, there's nothing on earth that can stop us from proclaiming those three glorious words, I love you. When we see a picturesque sunset or view that leaves us breathless, we share it on Instagram and Facebook because we want others to see the beauty that we see. We want them to share in its awe. 
When we hear a joke that floors us with laughter, we cannot help but tell anyone who will listen, and even those who won't. When we find joy, when we have good news, we cannot help but invite others to share in it with us. The Samaritan woman had good news, and she could not help but invite others to share in it with her. She was overcome and transformed by her experience with this man who saw her for who she was, Jesus the Messiah. She could not keep it to herself. She had to leave immediately to tell the town what happened. Before her encounter with Jesus, the Samaritan woman went to great lengths to avoid the townspeople by collecting water at the well at noon alone. And yet now, eager to share the good news of Jesus Christ, she comes before the very people she had previously had reason to avoid. The Samaritan woman did not wait until she had all the answers about who Jesus was before coming to the townspeople. She wasn't even fully sure that Jesus was the Messiah. He cannot be this Messiah, can he? She asked. She didn't profess to be a theologian. She professed to have had a personal encounter with a man who saw her, who knew her, and everything she ever did. What she knew was her experience of Jesus and was an experience she wanted other people to share. She didn't give the townspeople all the answers or have this logical list of reasons why they should believe in Jesus. She had her story. She invited them to listen and then go experience Jesus for themselves. Come and see a man who told me everything I have ever done, she said without even knowing or understanding the full extent of who Jesus was, the woman understood that her experience of Jesus was for more than just her. And so we are told in verse 39 that many Samaritans from, from that city believed in him because of her testimony. When it comes to evangelism, we can often be afraid of saying anything to anyone before we have all the answers about our faith. Or we feel intimidated by theologians who know the ins and outs of the Bible. Look, I get it. I am preaching this morning to some of my professors from seminary who are experts in the New Testament. It's intimidating. But if I waited for the day when I was an expert before I ever preached, or if we waited for the day when we have the answers, we will forever be left wondering if we'll ever be knowledgeable enough or ever confident enough to share the good news with others. Nakshi did not wait, and nor should we. The gospel is good news, writes Os Guinness, because it addresses our human condition appropriately pertinently and effectively as nothing else has, does, or can. And in generation after generation, culture after culture, life after life. You may not be a theologian or a preacher, but like the Samaritan woman, you have a story. You have good news, and good news demands to be shared. 
Our experience of Christ, like for the Samaritan woman, compels us to share the good news with others, to invite them to come and see the Christ that we know, because our encounter with Christ changes us. Friends, think for a moment. Do you remember when you first experienced the God made known in Jesus Christ? How did it change you to meet this God who crosses boundaries, breaks rules and norms to reveal himself to man and woman, Jew and Greek, slave and free, social outcast and religious elite? How did it change you to encounter the God of the universe who sees you and knows you? You have a story to share. You have something to offer the kingdom of God. In this season, as we begin our stewardship campaign at Knox, I invite you to consider how is God calling you to use your time, your talent, and your treasure to share the good news of Jesus Christ? Friends, as Jesus said to his disciples, our food is to do the will of God and to complete his work. The Samaritan woman came to the well to re- with her water pot to retrieve water for herself. But she left the well without her water pot. She became the water pot for the townspe- townspeople. She became the vessel through whom others would hear and receive the living water. By sharing her testimony and inviting others to come and see, she became the vessel for the gospel. Are you willing to leave behind your water pot and become a vessel for the good news of Jesus Christ? Will you invite others to come and see the God who knows you and sees you? In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.